Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. You know, what I what I love to do is, and it, it always touches my heart, I always want to find the entrepreneur, but I don't actively pursue it. Sometimes it just shows up at the front door for me. And, you know, I, I'm in a, in a part of New Jersey. Some people call it Central Jersey. I'll call it the Jersey Shore area because I grew up in Bayonne. And as a result of that, um, I'm around a lot of people that, that have means and money and success materialistically. But every once in a while, you'll meet somebody that makes a difference in the community at a level that you can't even calculate what that may look like 50 or 100 years later. And over the summer, um, and, and the person I'm about to introduce, I've known him from a distance, I'd say for the last 10 years. We share a common love, which is basketball. But the thing that's most interesting to me about as I began to cultivate a relationship this summer was the impact on the community locally through basketball and through being able to to create a culture of inclusion. And I'm not talking about everybody wins a trophy because time has to be put in to be part of, a, of, of an inclusionary environment. But I'm talking more about the desire to have people part of something bigger than themselves that are long felt after the game of basketball. It's not just about basketball winning games and state championships and county championships, although that is a good measurement. It's what happens with these kids afterwards. So today, without any further ado, I want to introduce Coach Shempe. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Mr. Gill, how are you, sir? He, I'm doing great, and thank you so much for being part of the uh, the meeting today. Awesome. I am. My I get pleasure. jazzed up for for podcast. <laughs> this I have been jazzed for this one. So so Coach Shempe has won two state championships in New Jersey and a short conference county championship. And and by the way, that just doesn't happen at the front door. Uh, there's no recruiting that goes on specifically in, in your world. I grew up in a place where Sometimes people will come from another state to go to the high school. Oh, yeah, for right? sure. For sure. So, so that's not part of what this is. Um, but I want to get into all that. But before we do, if it's okay with you, could we start from the beginning? Because to me, your story is incredible on many, many different fronts. But most importantly, how basketball has played a part yeah. of it. Yeah, for sure. So you're not a guy that grew up in New Jersey, right? No, no, no. So where'd you grow Let up? Let me take you back to Rocky River, Ohio. Yes, Rough along Lake Erie, the mean streets of Cleveland. No, I'm just kidding. More. Yeah, I'm from Cleveland, huge Browns fan. Wow. Die hard, CLE till I die, the land. Um, the but yeah, land. when I got out, I didn't want to, I wouldn't, I knew I didn't want to. My parents were from Long Island. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Oh, yeah, my parents are from Long Island. So they gave you a little flavor then. A little something. They gave you something. Yeah, a little, in the land. A little swag yeah. in there, I guess. But, you know, they. My dad was a salesman for a copper and brass company, you know, sort of rough and tumble and worked his way through the Rust Belt, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Mm. When I rolled in, it was Cleveland. Now, how many siblings? I'm one of seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Youngest, middle, seven. oldest? Two older sisters. I'm the oldest of four boys. Okay. And then, I, then I, my youngest sister. My mom was just not giving up till she had another girl. Yeah. You know, it's, wow. Yeah. It's basically the four clowns and... Four cl- four clowns in the middle that you know just till another another girl came but um, yeah so grew up in Rocky River Ohio ended up 
going to St. Bonaventure University. Now, did you play high school basketball? Yeah, played high school basketball. What was your first step in, like, what was your intro? Like, how'd you fall in love with the game? Right. So for me, like, I don't know. It was like from grade school on, I loved the game. And being in Ohio, it was football, wrestling. Like, basketball was almost like, you know, the the leftover sport of of a kid. But like... From, from the very early age, like, I loved putting, like, leagues together and three-on-threes and pitting my buddies against each other and, and gassing it up. And I just felt like I loved the game. And what happened for me in the very beginning was I was super small, super small. Going into high school, I was 4'11". But prior to that... 4'11", 411 as a freshman, wow. As a freshman. Wow. And prior to that, I was always, you know, the last guy in the line of the pictures. And, yeah. and I think a lot of that, I mean, it's somewhat of a cliche, but I think a lot of that is what motivated me because they automatically were like, you ought to look into wrestling. Yeah. You, you, you'd be perfect at 105. Wow. You'd be perfect at 102 or 97, what, whatever it was. And I was always the kid saying like, yo, I'm a hoopster. Like, I want a ball. That's what I want to do. First I'm a all, basketball player. Coach, that's awesome. Let me ask you a question though because my audience is a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. People that have to feel failure at a high level right. to succeed. right. And sometimes there's a lot of versions of you that they say, okay, I'll do wrestling. What was it in your nature, if you could like touch on it, that said, no, what, there's something different for me, even in the moments where you were feeling maybe a little bit of pressure not to play basketball? Because that is amazing at 411 to hear that and to still stick with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, as a coach, you know, you wonder, can you instill that into a kid or a player? But, I think in some instances, or, or in business, or yeah. in any aspect, it's all relative. All aspects of life. Can you can you give someone that? Can you pull the dog out of someone? Is mm. it in there? Can they? You know, is it just a, a faint bark, or can you make that a growl? Like, that's a great title. Can you pull the dog out of something? I love you know, it. And that's a lot of what it, what life comes down to, but a lot of in coaching as well. So I think in the beginning, some dudes have it. Like you know, you're in there, and the minute someone says to you. Yo, you shouldn't be doing this. Your first instinct is, oh, I'm going to prove him wrong. Did you have a mentor, though, that guided you in those early years? You know, it, it was interesting because my, my dad was a baseball player and a, a lefty. And he always sort of said to us, listen, I'm going to, I want you to play sports. I'm not going to get involved. Okay. He was actually a perfect parent as far yeah. as that. No helicopter parent. Shocking. <laughs> but, um, and in my neighborhood, I had two or three, I had a couple of twins that were a little older than me and a few other people. So, you know, that's one thing I miss about around here in certain areas where you live is like our teachers a lot were the older kids in the neighborhood. Yes, like, absolutely. Oh, I don't want Shempy, you know, and then three years later, oh, I'll take him. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't like, oh, he doesn't feel, don't feel bad. He's last pick. It was like you had motivational tenants that you used to be like, yo, hard knocks how am i gonna survive the street yeah how am i you know listen this not like i was you know growing up you know in a brutal streets at all no but but just to get picked on a team like that's feeling you're either gonna get picked or you're not and there's a a feeling that goes with that so i do think there was some sort of right from the get-go a napoleon-esque type vibe where it was like you know you know the size of the fight and the dog not the dog in the fight yeah you know so fast forward a bunch of years yeah 30 years later that's literally what I built the high school program on. And I can't wait to get into that. Yeah. But but you're still in high school right now. Right. right? High school, yep. You made it through freshman, sophomore. You know, you played ball point guard, I'm assuming. Point guard, yep. yep. And played. what was the high school career? You know, senior, yeah. like, what did that look yeah. like? 
Um, high school career was decent. You know, yeah. I was by no means, uh, you know, lighting the world on fire. I think I was honorable mention all conference, um, something along those lines. Yeah, my senior year, I blew my knee out right before the playoffs. Ooh. But we were a, an okay team. Yeah. You know, I was a tough little point guard. I, you know, I probably could have got a sniff from a local D3 in Ohio. But, you know, I wanted to – I actually wanted to go play D1 – you know, I thought I was good enough and when I got healthy. And then that was one of the first punches in the face. Yeah. When I when I got there, I realized, all right, you know, yeah. I went to the, you know, the tryouts and, you know, I realized that looking around at these D1 guys and stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ball out in intramurals, yep. you know, I'm gonna kill it and you know, hello, Mr. Budweiser. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> let's have some fun, develop some relationships and but I always loved hoops yeah. so all throughout my four years of college i ran the intramural programs wow. i ran the tournaments i i got involved in announcing i got involved in radio and basketball was the theme that ran through all of my stuff and even though you're not playing on on a d1 team you can become that guy you know coach massimino used to always say to me i don't care what your bubble is inside of that bubble you have to make it count and I used to say, like, I here I was, like, a big shot on Wall Street or whatever, and now I'm coaching a fifth-grade team. And within that bubble, that was all we cared about in that moment. Right. Like, whether we won or lost as a group, that was our bubble. That was our moment. And, and I tried to sort of take that in my life yeah. and stop worrying about, like, you know, yo, you know, you're not on a huge trading desk or you're not running the New York Knicks. Whatever you're in. Yeah. That's the real deal right there, especially for those dudes around you. Yeah. That pack around you in those moments, like, you know how it is. Yeah. In those moments, those dudes, you're their world, yeah. and they're yours. Because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and be miserable for two days because of that. Yeah, you yeah. Because so, I let them down. Yeah, well, Coach, first of all, thank you so much. And I, I love, for anybody out there, just check this out. If you're going to be in the space of of building a business, building a culture. What I heard Coach Shempe just talk about in college at St. Bonaventures, he ran, he didn't just play in the intramural league, he ran it, which requires leadership, executive leadership, you know, you're coordinating schedules, you got a time block. Every entrepreneur out there, if you're time blocking, if you're waking up with a purpose every day, if you understand what your why is, why you're showing up every single day, it doesn't become work, it becomes easy, right? So so I, I, you know, I heard a little bit about Coach Massimino, I just heard Wall Street, and as this journey continued, you, you're in St. Bonnie's four years, you graduate, what happens next? Yeah. Well, I didn't run, this just to be sure, I didn't run the entire Bonaventure intramural program. Okay. I, ran, you know, I ran my team, but that being said, you everything you say yeah, is, it's, is it's great. Still, I, I, agree, I agree with Somebody it. had to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like who, no, and no one volunteered either, I'm sure. No, no, yeah. no. Plus, I wanted my boys on the team. Yes. You know? <laughs> but, you yeah, know? so I left. Uh, yeah. Got out of Bonnie's. I wanted to go to New York City. To now, why? Why did you do that? Like, what, why did you want to go to New York City? Yeah. You know, I felt like, you know, I, I saw a lot of guys go back home. Yeah. I just wanted a greater adventure, a bigger adventure, and I just felt that, like, I need to see other things. You yeah. know, I, I had a great upbringing in Ohio. It was a great place to be a kid and grow up, but I was like, I want to go tackle something else. So what's the biggest, best city in the world? New York. I'm, 
It's something like out of a bad movie, but yo, I'm going there. That's I always find doing. it amazing though that people that don't grow that just leave college and just want to. It's such like it's, it's it's courage. You know what I mean? Like it's an amazing thing for me whenever I come across because I grew up 12 miles outside of Manhattan, right? right? So right. so whenever I hear people that want to do that, it always it, it, it it's always cur- I'm always curious about it because I always want to know what was the decision. Some people do it and never come back, but some people do it and they flourish. And what yeah. was it about? When you first came, where did you go? Yeah. So it's interesting because a lot of the guys at college were from where you are. They're from Hackensack. They're from Westchester. They're from uh, New York City. Yeah. And so I, I I'd sort of surrounded myself with, with those guys. And when I moved to New York, you know, my first thing was I went to the Jersey Shore. Did you? It was the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember which beach? Uh, it was in Belmar. 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 DJs. Yeah. I remember one of, one of my first Reggie's. experiences. and. You know, your, your guy over here could probably relate to it, but I, I'd never seen guys doing, <laughs> I'd never seen guys doing push-ups outside of a bar in a parking lot <laughs> before. But I remember coming off the beach. You know, here I was, this kid from Ohio. You know, and I and I and I walk out in front of this place, DJs, and like, there's like 20 dudes in, in between their cars and on the side. Just, Grinding out push-ups, flexing up. That is a normal. I don't think I could do nine of them. By the know? way, folks, in New Jersey, that's a very normal thing. <laughs> Just say they probably still do it to this day. Oh, it was awesome. So yeah, I started out down there. Like I came to New York because I wanted to be. I thought I was going to be like the next Bob Costas or or Marv Albert. You know, I was. A, so you went to the announcing thing, and we we, like, we see that a lot at you know Victory Park. Obviously, that's yeah, that's my that's introduction. Right. The Rucker Park, you know, the Victory Park. But yeah. So that was your thing. You yeah. wanted to be an announcer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. R- rolled in, uh, got a job as a, uh, what they call a runner or like a gopher yep. um, at uh, ABC Monday Night Football. So you went right into that. Like you went to ABC yeah. and got a game. Well, no. I mean, I, I, I needed to make money to, to pay rent. So yeah. that was like a, at the time, I don't know, $6 an hour production assistant. Wow. Um, you know, literally like two, to, two or three days a week, Hustling. that type of thing. Yeah, of course, when I, when I, you know, talked to my boys back home, I was running the entire operation, you know, the production truck, you know, me. Storytelling me. is the key to success, yes. Me and uh, Kurt Gowdy or whoever, I think it was Keith Jackson was involved back then. It was like, hey, Shumpy. Meanwhile, they had no idea who I was. Tell that kid to get me a Coke, you know, whatever. But I took another I love, job. I, love I needed this. to do other things to, to live here. Yeah. So I took a job selling men's accessories at Saks Fifth Avenue. Did you really? Yeah. Now, where did yeah. you live at that point? Selling belts. Were you- uh, I lived it, it, on my sister's couch in Brooklyn. Love it. On, in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. So you're at Carol Saks? Gardens. So you, you're there selling men's... What was that? Selling men's belts and suspenders and cufflinks and... Wow. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the flagship store. I was... It was... It was awesome, you know. You know, it was a uh, again. I really you got a job. discount on but, some of the gear, I'm assuming too, right? I was the best dressed guy making eight I bucks an it. hour in the history of. But mm. what happened in there was one of the guys that also was a similar situation. We were in the break room, and we're some. He was talking about the Knicks. Yeah. And and I happened to just be sitting next to him, like, oh, yo, you know, so and so, the Knicks, this, that. We start talking about hoops. He's like, oh, I'm a big hooper. I love hoops. And I'm like, so do I. So we get together. We go to the Y. We hoop it up. Starts telling me about what he's looking to do. His father started a thing, a sports information gathering service. And it was sort of before its time. This is like in the late 80s. And it was um, where they put together information into a database. Wow. Yeah. So 
I got a job with him through wow. through through that through basketball. Was, through basketball. Amazing. Just in in it taking a job selling belts. Amazing. In the break room. Yep. Meet this dude whose yep. dad. So I'm like, all right, well that's sort of path I want to take. Yep. So I go out to Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. So I'm now re- you're no reverse longer, commute. You're no. Oh, you're still going to Brooklyn. Yeah, I was living okay. in Brooklyn. Got it. Okay. So I go out there and we're doing that inputting data and one. You know, it's amazing. You know. One of the guys we're working with there, we I put together a hoop team. Yep. So we start playing basketball in uh, in a local league, Cliffside Park. Yes. Playing a summer league, outdoor summer league at Cliffside Park, and one of the guys is like, you know what? I'm gonna I got a job on Wall Street, and we have a basketball team. We're gonna put a team can together. I, can I freeze for a second? Mm-hmm. Incredible story so far. Thank yeah. you so much. So wait, let me get this straight. Grew up in Ohio. There was a love of basketball. Yep. And as a result of that. What began to happen goes to St. Bonaventure is doing some announcing. And by the way, folks, remember, one of the key to successes in business and entrepreneurship is influence. If you could, now listen, there's good influences and bad influence. If you influence with integrity and genuinely care about people, what begins to happen, it looks like there's coincidences, but when you look back, you could start connecting the dots. I'm not sure what's going to happen next, but what I'm hearing is, okay, I was getting sodas for Keith Jackson. Um, I was selling men's clothes or accessories. Got into a conversation about basketball with somebody I was working with. We started hooping it up. Now all of a sudden I'm reverse commuting. And by the way, that's a big deal in this area. Reverse commuting from New York to New Jersey in a summer league. Now I'm getting a job on Wall Street because of basketball. Yeah. And the influence. Yeah, I I feel like as far as that's concerned too is that if you put yourself... When you look back at it, yep. if you realize you put yourself in situations and were open to, you know, being a, a, a good guy or a good gal where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to sit down right here and see what this dude's all about. You yep. know, like, you know, oftentimes you're like, all right, I'm just going to, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to, like, I find when I look back is when you open yourself up, oftentimes doors open that you didn't even expect and you know you got to be able to disseminate which ones to walk through but you're going to walk through some wrong ones yeah you have to you got to be able to close those and figure out which ones are excellent but yeah so anyway excellent point yeah i I mean anyway we so you got this gig on wall street yeah a guy where buddy of mine has a job at uh it's like a, a muni bond shop and i i was an english major yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about the educational system real fast, everybody. English major, sports announcer, communications, commu- communications major, <laughs> organizer, selling men's clothes, and now he's got a job on Wall Street on a muni desk. Go ahead. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting, and I was I was more of a um, uh, info gatherer, junior analyst type position. Sure. I wasn't on a tra- any Gordon Gecko on a trading desk, but at the time. And uh, again, the process started to repeat itself. And through basketball, we were in the New York Urban League. And I began to develop relationships in this firm. And I developed a softball team. And it's unbelievable how no matter the biggest guy in the firm or the smallest guy in the firm, you can find common ground. Mm. And a lot of it through me was sports. Mm. And which sports led to, you know, a little sidebar of that, I my brought my brother on as a, as an intern and he was at the university of Maryland at the time. And we went out to a place called mingles after a softball game in central park. 
he meets this girl named Shane, who he's now married to, and he's he runs all of Fitch Rating Agency. Wow. It's all happened off a softball game, wow. off a, a move from Hasbrook Heights to basketball to softball to incredible you know, it's crazy yeah, it's just it's incredible. when you look back and everyone has these stories but like yeah, it's no it's hoops for me has had a thread all the way through the fabric of my life yeah. that is really to this day is you are living know, your best life no doubt doing, about it doing my thing because of it yeah incredible muni so so you're you're on wall street and yeah. it's it lasts for a time to yeah eventually you retire you, you're, you're fortunate enough to retire at a very right. young age, I'm right? I'm on Wall Street, do my thing, you know, at that, at that spot for a while. Um, my, dad, my dad suddenly passes away, and I, I, he, we were very close, and um, I felt like I needed something, something different, and I, I, I'll never forget this. I, went, I was at work at the New York Health and Racquet Club. They have this teeny little court. Yep. And I actually had taken like a leave of absence and I, I just went back over there and I'm shooting around in the basket, you know, just sweating, just trying to fight through some stuff. Yep. And this guy comes in, hey, you want to play one-on-one or something? He was calling me Quiggs. <laughs> now, my nickname isn't Quiggs. You know, it's not remotely. I've never heard like, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right. Can I call you Quiggs? Yeah, that? Quiggs, yeah. <laughs> I end up meeting the real Quiggs and we're best friends and we're trading partners. And anyway, long story short, I get talking to this guy. We hoop it up over the next couple of weeks. And he is a partner at a small hedge fund. Uh-oh. So I leave. I leave. I go out to California for a couple months, try to get my head straight. I come back. Now, were you married with kids at this point? No, just I was, so I understand. I was single. Okay, got it. All right. I quit that other job. Yep. Take whatever I had, leave the muni side. Yep. Jump to the equity side. Yep. With this guy who was calling me Quiggs, who yep. I just met a month ago. I just needed something different. Wow. And then five years later. You retire. I moved out. And you live your best. So, so you retire, right? Yeah. Retire. I, retire I from Wall Street. I yeah. transition. Transition. <laughs> transition from Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Or at this point, was it California or was it back on Wall Street? No, no, no. Yeah, that was only out. I was only out. Training. For, yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. So, so five years later, mm-hmm. you're, let's use the word fortunate enough from a standpoint of, of the measurement of dollars are able to mm-hmm. retire. Yeah. Right? Yep. So with that being said, now some folk not retire, transition to do what you gen what you I guess doing right now. Is was right. there a gap between the day you you transitioned out of that office or out of that job until when you came down to this area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That space, what, yeah. what did that look like? Yeah, so you know, this is right around um this is right around nine eleven. Yep. When this was this this was all going on, I felt there was some shifting and whatnot. And then at that stage, I got I had gotten married. Yep. And and my what's it, your wife's name? Her name is Shelly. It's in a quick little story. Like, I'm from Ohio. She's from Trinidad, and we met at the Osprey in Manasquan. The Osprey. Yeah. I have one of my. <laughs> I had yeah, some yeah. of the greatest. You can't make it, you can't make Coach, it up. you know I don't drink anymore, I but there was a I time saw I did. Poster on the wall. Have, Do not serve this guy. Yeah, yeah. They, I'm def- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they retired my seat. <laughs> the Osprey was one of the best times I had though with the Jersey Shore. You just brought that back to me. Oh, wow. classic, right? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So, so you meet so her. Meet in her Jersey there. Shore. Hang out. Uh, Is she from Jersey? I know you said no, Trinidad, no, she's Trinidad, but... the Bronx. She okay. didn't move. To, she didn't Got move it. to to the states until she was 19 to go to nyu oh wow and then um don't see her again here we go coming back from the mcburney was it the mcburney one of the uh, going up to play hoops it sounds crazy but i'm on the four train this is a year later wow i see her coming off the four train i had 
blown the whole situation off. We went out once, you know, Jersey yeah. Shore, like whatever. She's coming off the train. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow, like, I forgot about, like, you know, you know, you're in the city. Yeah. Like, so I step in front of her and I'm like, hey, yo, remember? She goes, you had your chance and kept walking. <laughs> I thought to myself, whoa, like, you know, I love that. Four months later, I'm at a place called Rascals on 22nd. I'm familiar. City. Yep. I see her again. She's on a, at the at, at the bar or something with a guy. So I wait. Yeah. She goes to the ladies' room. I go over. I said, "Listen, I blew it last time. I just something in me, and I'm like, I need to make it up." I said, "We're gonna go to a Knicks game next week. Celtics. Blah blah blah." She goes, "I don't know." I said, "Just give me one shot." Yeah. So. Guy leaves, she stays. The rest is history. There we now, go. Now, are you still working in New York at this particular point? Like, had yeah. you made that retirement yeah, move yeah, yet? Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, so this still was working. during that. Still lived there. Okay, got it. Still lived there. Lived lived in you know a great little spot over by Peach Tavern on Gramercy Park. <laughs> a theme of pubs runs through my understood. You know my my Irish veins. Um. So yeah. So then, got married up in Maine. Then <clears throat> transitioned to New Jersey. You know, bought a. I, I had heard about Rumson from a few of my buddies. So you moved right to you moved right down there. I went. And was this from Jack or other? No, other we, guys. We have a comment. Okay, it's funny. Like with Jack. Yeah. Um, he lived out in the suburbs the whole time. Yeah. Major shout out to Jack Halley, by the way. One of my very first mentors in this business, and because of what he taught me, is is contributing factor to where I am today. So I always want to. I always want to give Jack a, a shout oh, out. Yeah, Jack. Jack Halley, a legend, one of the biggest hearts in the game. Also, Bonaventure. Yeah. That's how I yeah, sort yeah. of sort of got me to the Jersey Shore. So he was the Yeah, Jackson. Jersey Shore Seagirt. Yep. Parker House was our yes. legend. I got in trouble there too. Just so you know. <laughs> I was only there once. Yeah. So make a long story short that, you know, what happened was So you, you're moving to Jersey. You're moving to Rumson. Going to Rumson. But while I was still um at the hedge fund, I was a member at the downtown athletic club. So you're taking a boat back and forth at no, this no, point? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. That was during before I moved. Got it. But I sort of this is sort of what led me on the path because I had met some guys that were uh, were coaching basketball at Hofstra and they had been assistants with Roley like uh, Pecora and Jay Wright and those Got guys. Got it. Okay. And Roley was at Cleveland State. So Roley Massimino, for any young, young folks, just so you understand, was the coach of Villanova. Was part of the, one of the biggest NCAA tournament history shockers in 1985. Yep. When Villanova beat Georgetown, they shot 73% from the field, yep. I believe, 90 from the second half. Yep. Coach Raleigh Massimino, by the way, who I think his wife is from Bayonne, but we could check yep. fact that. Um, I'm from Bayonne. So anyway, he's talking about Roley as Roley Massimino. And these are great basketball mentors to be around. For, and, and keep in mind, coaches at a hedge fund. Right. <laughs> well, I said, yeah. So I got to meet Coach Mass. And, you know, being from Cleveland, he's Cleveland State. And I began to really realize I was coaching the Downtown Athletic Club. We had a lot of D1 guys. Yep. And I started coaching them. And we were doing, like, an athletes in action. So thing. this is your first step into coaching? Yeah. Other oh, than, like, Like, you know, real, like. Yeah. Okay, real coaching. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't even call that real. But, yes, I had. That eight, was your. That was I had your... eight D1 guys. And we would travel around and play, like, schools and exhibition games. Okay. You know, it used to be called, like, athletes in action. So we did that two or three spots, and it really sparked in me, like, you know, I'm not a player anymore. Yep. And I, I just love I love the camaraderie. I love the – that is something you would get on a trading desk, too. I love the Understood. energy. I got your back. You know, we're ride or die together. Like, yep. you know, as you go, we go. Like, I loved all that. 
And so I began to think to myself, like, my next chapter in life has to include this. This is, what I, this is what I have to do to make myself and everyone around me happy. Feel and fulfilled. that's the path I began. I got to feel fulfilled. Like, yeah. and, and, and that's sort of how I started to look at it. Like, I had a daughter. And another thing that I said to myself was, I'm never missing a game. Mm. Like, I saw, you know, so many guys that are like, oh, I'm out in L.A. or Vegas or wherever I'm going for two weeks. Oh, yeah, my kid had his first hit. Oh, you know, they sent me a video. Like, I get that. I'm yep. not, and I get it. Yeah. Dude's got to work. Yep. My, no, my, but I don't want to, I'm, 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 I'm I, that I guy. I understand that, yep. And fast forward, fast forward to four months ago, like, we got this, you know, brutal news that my daughter, who's a junior at, at, at Princeton, you know, had an MRI and had a brain tumor. Like, and, and, you know, thankfully, hopefully she's on the road to recovery. But like in those dark moments when I'm staring. How did you deal with uncertainty in those four months? Yeah, in, the, in those moments there was, you know, there's a lot of like, let me put it on me. I've lived a life, you know, but, you know, you, you go back and forth. And I saw the strength and spirit that she was, you know, exhibiting and she was putting things out. And I, she was saying things that I've been saying to her for all these years about, over games and stuff yeah and she was using that in a real life doesn't get more real than that scenario wow and that just made me proud and i just felt like sometimes you get a firm affirmation on like sometimes you do make some good decisions and the fact that like you know maybe i i couldn't have you know jets or whatever guys have but for the last 18 years i never missed a game for this kid and thank God, I you know what I'm saying? Which like, I think is a lot better than yeah. the headache of a jet. Yeah, yeah, not that I've read that anyway. <laughs> Maybe, you know, you can, you can wish. So, yeah, Coach, that was sort of the transition. Up. Dude, thank you for, for thank you for sharing that. Um, and obviously prayers and, and good, oh, news, thank came, you. good yeah. news came, yes. as I understand, in January. So far, so good. Knock on wood. All day, every day, one day at a time. Yep. Um, I, first of all, the journey, when you started coaching these action, athletes in action, Downtown Athletic Club. Were you able to really, because you always know great coaches are, are regular players, but they become great coaches, especially when you're around right. athletes. Yeah. Were you able to recognize at that point your ability to dissect plays and understand X's and O's, but more importantly, understand the psychology of a team, even in those early days when you first started doing this? I would suspect that, I, I asked that question because I, I've seen you, I've watched you from a distance and mm -hmm. I've seen how you coached. And there's a certain style and there's a certain type of understanding of what's happening at the floor at that moment. Was that born in that time when you were able to, when you first started doing that? Or did you learn that over time? Or I think, I think for me, what, what I felt I was, I, I had a skill for was gathering and gathering men and, and gathering players and making them, you know, feel that what we're doing has purpose. And for each each and every one of you, you're gonna feel better about being a part of this team. Yeah. So before I got to the X's and O's, I just always felt that that was something that I, I was decent at. And yeah. it was also something that guys could tell I loved. Yeah. And when and when you're in a business or a team, the the, the people that you're around, the players, the the clients, the, yeah. the guys that work with you, they know whether you're genuine, yeah. and whether you're sincere. And I think that was to me, you know, one of the, one of the times where when I, when I went down, so coach Matt Rowley had it, he had gone to a school called Northwood university. But is it well, you met him during this time of your life though, right? Met him at that, that time in my life. It. Okay. Um, I had, um, it was 2006 now. 
And I had spent four or five years sort of, you know, figuring out some of my next moves. And I ended up, you know, becoming a, a, a mentor and a, and a good friend, to Randy Foy, who had come out of Villanova and didn't have any, his parents had both been murdered and the coaches wanted me to talk to him and make sure people weren't trying to take advantage of him. And after we met two times, he moved into my, into my house, became like a son to me. Wow. So I had a lot, I had a lot going on where I had sort of this NBA rookie that, you know, and I have two daughters, yeah. you know, that I was sort of look, looking out for and learning from. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm training him, yep. watching the whole lottery process, and I go down to play golf. But you're you're training him in a game of life too, though, right? Like that's yeah. I was you know that's what's yes. that's what that's the mentor. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was sort of the you know the male figure in his life because yeah. he was no longer at Villanova. Yeah, you know, so now he had tr moved on to you know going to work his way into the NBA. It was a lottery pick. And, and folks, just so everybody knows, the pressure of somebody that, that coach is describing where there's no people around him that could protect him from the amount of the avalanche of money that was about to come his way at that particular yeah. time. Um, I can't express how important that was because you get oh. two, you get really two chances in the NBA. You get your first contract and then your second contract, but you got to worry about, you know, yeah, I mean, the 90% go bankrupt after their... I was the guy that the said sport. no to everybody. I love that. I was the guy that said no. I didn't no know to that. I love that. That's yeah. tremendous. I was the guy that said no to everybody. And I knew I loved the kid because it, literally within a week, he said, you know, we knew where he was getting drafted. Yeah. We, you know, when you get drafted in the NBA, your money is set for four years. Yeah. It's guaranteed. Yep. You're making X as the third pick, X as the yep. 14th pick. And he said, my first thing is I want to start a charity for Randy Foy Foundation. the Randy Foy Foundation for the Alma Flag grade school and the other places in Newark to give back. And a lot of athletes say that, but he, he lived it. Yeah. So I'm like, this kid's heart was always in, in, you know, in the, although his heart and his organs are actually on the other side of his body. That's a whole crazy, another story. I yeah. can't wait to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But anyway, so I had working with Randy, I go down to play some golf with Roly and Roly's foursome at Jupiter Hills on the regular was Roly. Chuck Daly, wow, Bobby Orr, and Billy Cunningham. Wow, a, like the Sunshine wow. Boys down there. Wow. So Roly was sort of hanging it up, and then a local school, someone left him a bunch of dough, and they said they saw his name in the paper, and they were like, um, "Coach, would you want to come out of retirement and coach this NAIA school?" I'm D three. I'm down there. Yep. Billy Cunningham had hurt his back. So down there meaning you live there? Or no, I was down there on vacation. Okay, visiting, it. playing golf with Coach. And Billy Cunningham had hurt his back or something, so I'm in the group. Roley gets the phone call from the athletic director, and he, and he turns to me and said, yeah, you always wanted to be a coach. Now's your chance. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a true no story. Way. Wow. He might have thrown a few little, wow. you little so-and-so, you know. <laughs> so I went home. I talked to, to my wife. I said, this is my shot. I want to, I want to do it. I didn't know about that. I yeah. never knew this. I wow. left. I moved to Florida. I commuted back and forth. Now, and, we, and we built the program. There was no... There was no basketball team. We wow. went out. Roley and I were walking into, you know, Ocala, Florida, YMCA, and the Kiwanis Club. You wow. know, it was it was building a business again, building a business. Yep. But it was a little NAIA program, and I watched Coach Mass go into places where there was nine people in there at at the most. As you said, in 1985, he was on top of the world. Yep, a legend. 
he would we were going into places and i would think to myself like oh my god like what what are we doing what yeah. are we doing in here this guy's a legend yeah like, there's eight people here they don't know they're here for the free chicken wing you know like yep, yep. it never phased him i love that a warrior like he would focus on those eight people and like they were the the most important people in the world that's what great that's leaders what do like yeah my first job down there as as his assistant coach was there was a pool outside of the facility that we were going to build. It was like actually an outdoor pool. Yep. My job was to check the pH balance of the pool and make sure kids showered before they jumped in. You know, So it was like no job too small. Wait, so this was your job after retiring from Wall Street? Hung Go it ahead. up on Wall Street. Thought I was a, you know, a honcho. I get down there. Coach Mass is like, that's what you're doing. Yeah, And, and you did it. I did it. Because you're coachable. Best pool guy there ever was. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but anyway, so we did that. We built that program. And I came home, and um, how, how many years? Like, was it one it year? Two, two, two years. Okay, got Built it. Built it. Did a season. Had another daughter. But Family you got did to, not want to move to Florida. You got to watch him coach, though. I watched. I watched. You everything. watched everything. Watched the X's and O's. Watched how he handled players. You know, he would let me do some stuff in the beginning. I worked my way up to the point where I could run a practice. Yep. You know, because you know he was at the point where he was like, you know, not. All the energy, yeah. but an amazing amount of energy. And he would be, you know, one of my jobs early in games was to let him know when Chuck Daly and Billy Cunningham snuck out of the game because they wanted to go have a few pops. So he'd like eight minutes into the So first. they were all oh, here yeah. during this the whole games. time? Wow. They're at the well, games. That They're, must have been like a, you oh, must have been enjoying, oh my oh, God. Dude, it was insane. That's like, like legends, insane. like generational I'm, legends. I'm walking around, Chuck Daly showing me his shoe collection. I'm golfing with him like, you can't even tell these stories. That was Jordan's like, favorite coach, right? Chuck Daly from the Olympics? Legend. Yeah. Chuck D. Wow. Not even the two-time Detroit Pistons, but yeah. So it'd be like 831 mark of the first half. I'd be like, I'd look up. Chuck would be sneaking out behind the bleachers to leave. I'd go to the Roly. Chuck just left. That's <laughs> <laughs> Did they know you would tell them? Uh, yeah. Later on, yeah. That was one of my main jobs. It was insane. So, yeah. So I did that. I come home. In the summer, I'm I'm training Foy Boy, and it, now he's been in the league three years, and we had like Blake Griffin and all these other guys wow. coming through. It was really exciting, and Rumson job open, and the, the Rumson High School did job. They, did they actually reach out to you, knowing who you were? Yeah. Or? So I had I had made it a point during the winter, the prior two winters, to go to the Rumson basketball games, okay. even though my son I didn't have sons. I wanted to go see what it was all about, and think that maybe in the summer. I can get some of these guys to rebound for Randy, okay. give them a little thrill. Got it. You know, so I started, you know, working my way into the Rumson basketball community at, from a perspective of we have the Randy Foy Foundation, yep. and I want the Rumson community to be involved. So I figured if I can get Rumson kids involved with the newer kids, we'll bust, bring the newer kids out for the camps. Yep. And then all the Rumson kids and them, they can you know see each other's worlds, and we can start a. And this is all before you were a coach. Before you were already thinking the, like that. Before I was wow. the coach. Yep. So that job opened up, and the athletic director and I talked, and he was like, would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah. I said, let me look at my basketball career trajectory. Started out NBA, went college. Now I'm going to go high school. There's a grade school job waiting for me in five years. So, <laughs> and, that, and that's sort of how it happened. So I needed. So wait, stop. This is really important to me. Yeah. So you get the job. Get the job. Right get away, you're job. going into Shempy mode where the organization, the executive decision making, 
And I, I guess this is the part where you knew the importance of developing the culture in the in the town of Rumson from the kids from kindergarten on. Is that is that was that your mindset at that point? Yeah, yeah. I, Did you already know the outcome? No, yeah, no, I didn't know the outcome, but I, I basically when I came in, I, I, I said I, I'd been around for a year, just sort of watching, got to know the the coach a little, nice guy, and then. Um, all I heard from everyone in the area, and not being from here, nope. You know, that's didn't. another big, that's an amazing thing, folks. There's no politics involved. No, I want to stress that. No ins and outs. Don't have any sons in the program. Doesn't owe anybody any favors. Don't owe anybody anything. And I was like, people were saying to me, basketball people, like you know, a lot of the kids that are good in these towns go to the private schools, or yeah. they go to a prep school, or the local, you know, parochial, or whatever it is. And these schools at that point had a tradition of championships. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to yeah. be able to overcome that must have right. been a challenge. Right. There was like these school of, you know, there's two or three big schools here that this one wins all the football. This one wins, this all, one the wins all the basketball. Yeah. They yep. send kids here and there. And my first thing was like, you know, A, Cleveland rules. This is what we're going to do. We're going to play tough. We're going to play hard, scrappy. I don't care what kind of house you live in. I don't care what kind of car you have. I don't care about anything other than we're going to fight for each other. We're going to take charges. And we're, anyone that walks off that court is going to be like, yo, those guys play hard. That's all I care about. Yeah. That being said, if you want to be involved in us going forward in our culture, it, 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 you cannot be a kid that's going to go to those other schools. Yeah. You have to believe in your hometown. And if you want to play for me and be in your hometown and build something special and be involved with all the things that we're going to do. Including the summer, summer league, right? Right. So yep. I, I developed the, the summer league. Which was meaning anyone that lived in the town of Rumson, yeah, or Fairhaven, if they went to a school that wasn't Rumson, they would have a challenge to be able to partake in this right in the beginning in this environment that you created. Right, yes. there was this beautiful park on the water, and I when I drove by it, I used to love Rucker Park, which is a famous basketball park up in Harlem <laughs> where all the legends played. Even when I was in a, growing up in Cleveland. I remember reading about Rucker Park, Earl the Goat, Manigault, all these legends, her in the, the helicopter. Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I was in, I was like enamored and intrigued. I, you know, you used to get, I don't even remember what it's, Spin Mag, you know, Hoop Magazine, whatever yep. the, whatever they were back there. You know, you get it monthly and get it and read it. Can, can I share a thought for them? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Rucker Park, just so everybody knows, and we're going to kind of dive into this in a second, um, there would be people with microphones commenting on the game as the game was being played except they were on the court commenting on the game as it was being played that's right with thousands of people right yeah. on the court yeah right, right up on them so great so that's what i said i'm gonna bring you know rucker meets norman rockwell type vibe love it to the town and i said i'll get this park going i'll get the the leagues going it'll be for kids in rumson fairhaven the parents and the fans will come and then uh, they'll go to the local merchants and now the ice cream shop, the Italian restaurant, everything around there, everyone will benefit from it. And, we'll and by the way, this is every Friday and Saturday night in the right. summertime. Well, we started Thursdays. Okay. Thursday Night Lights. Got it. Thursday and Night Lights. Thursday Night Lights yeah. was the name of it. And, um, you know, it happened. And then what happened was I initially started it with college and pro guys on Thursday Night Lights. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I sort of try to get them in there and... I realized that, like, when I let the younger kids play before it, that's when the families and the crowds came. So I morphed it into the development league and Thursday Night Lights where 
the it's seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. We have a draft. Yep. And we, you know, with the eighth pick, crazy selects. You know, yep, yep. Robert Gill from uh, Holy Cross School. Yep. Um, that type of vibe. And the varsity guys, the eleventh and twelfth graders, they coach the teams. Yeah. And draft the teams. They they must wear shorts and a shirt and tie or a Hawaiian shirt or a theme. Wow. So they have to do that. And then when those kids that are in seventh and eighth grade get to high school, yep. they now know the seniors. They know the rules too. They're not afraid. They yeah. know people. They're, it's hard It's hard even for, for these boys. You're walking into high school, you don't know anybody. So it's a circle of life thing where they got to know these dudes that are the stars of the school. Yep. So by the time they're a junior, they've drafted that seventh grader. Yep. Whether he's good or not, yep. now he's got a nickname. Yes. Now he's got some confidence. Now he's walking down the hall and a dude gives him a fist pump. Yep. Yo, Beef, what's up, dude? Yeah. Oh, wait, I know that guy. Like, yeah. You know, it just it became a circle of life, and all of a sudden the league is wildly popular. And you have the microphone during the I'm games. on the mic. I'm doing the whole routine with the <laughs> nicknames. And looks like... He gives the parents I, nicknames I too see, during the game. I see Rob coming across the uh, the parking lot and I'm like, well, it looks like happy hour's over. Rob Gill's coming in. You know, the two-for-one special just ended. Uh, or the law firm Gill oh, Gill. Not you. I know you don't drink, but most other guys, you but, know. But the yeah. law firm, you say the Gill brother, Gill Gill. Oh, Gillen, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget. Uh, Dean's, Dean's last. Dean, um... Scarpa? Yeah, yeah. yeah Gil, Scarpa, Gil, 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 Gil and Scarpa. Yeah, yeah so funny. I have a lot of fun on the mic. Just, But I think that, like, people love that. Like, so what happens is it it makes it familial. Yeah. It makes it hometownish. It like, that's what I love about Rumson and these, you know, a lot of these other towns. Like, I want to feel like you're part of the community. You're home. Like, this is, you're on the water. Like, wherever you are, like, you want that vibe that is yeah. like, you know. And, and what's happened is, like, I have people now, we've been doing it 10 years. People come back and say, you know, there's a swing set there. And there's a, like non-basketball-related stuff where you, it became a platform where like, oh, I had my first kiss over there. Or like, yeah. my, my father got, my father, my grandfather got to see, you know, his son play. Yeah. And then he passed away. Yeah. Didn't get to see him play in high school, but we'll never forget. Memories, you're creating oh memories. Oh, my God, it's yeah. like, you know. And this translates to wins in the fourth quarter, by the way, because... What genuinely oh. happens is the culture that's being created. Let's not forget right. you're an right. excellent coach that that gets victories, and you're probably pound for pound, right? I mean, if you think about what you're describing, at least in my opinion, I, I don't have a measurement, so I can't, you know, validate it mathematically. But I would suspect that what you've created, there's a measurement over here in the amount of wins, and and to take it a step further. I'm also going to go out on a limb and say that I believe you get the most out of your kids that could possibly be getting out of kids on every single one of your teams based on what you're describing. There's coaches that underperform based on talent. I would suspect that you overperform based on talent. That's just my, from what I see. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting in that the first state championship that we won, you know, uh, in 2017 – was that group was the first D League squad to actually have a championship for four years? They went through seven the whole... years later. Got it. They were juniors and seniors, yep. and they won the first championship in Rumson Fairhaven history. That was the first one in history. I think. I think it was the first sec group two section wow. they ever won. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 
I think back in the seventies might've been a group one. I'm, you know, yeah. some legends back then, but it had been definitely the first one in 30, 40 years. Incredible. So that group. Yeah. And, and what it also does is I know them all the way through yep. and they know me, Yes. you know, in this day and age where the portal and everyone's transferring nine schools and grass is always greener. It's like, we know that like from seven years on, from you've been in sixth grade, fifth grade. I now we have the Believe League, which is third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Wow! That was named after Jack Velkamp, who was a my manager, who's a a little person. He's a twin. Yep. He's small, and his brother's six two. They're twins. Wow! So he became my manager my first year at Rumson. I had a kid named Kevin Pookie Alter. This relates back to. My being small. Did you give him the nickname Pookie? No, he had the nickname okay, before it. me. He's 5'5". Five, five. And when I first got the job, there was like this kid Pookie is so fast and he's quick, but he didn't start as a junior. I came in and saw him, met him, loved him. Yeah. I made T-shirts that said small, quick, and tough. We were known as squat unit. Yep. Take down big, slow, and strong all the time. Yep. I built the entire thing around this kid. And... He never swore. He never drank. He only got A's. He was just a dream. He went to the U.S. Naval Academy, played hoops, D1, 5'5". Wow. Five, five, wow. Went out to Miramar, the whole Navy SEAL thing. Now he's in Thailand. He's going to be like an ambassador for the... Dude, you still... You still that's on, am- he, he's a podcast. That's an amazing story. Kevin Pookie Alter. Yeah. So the entire Rumson program, I walked into this guy. Anyway, so Jack Velkamp, the little guy, yeah. sees this. Sees this 5'5 five, five kid and inspires him. Yep. He's a dwarf and inspires him. They come. The mom brings him and his brother to the program. I make him the manager. The pictures are unbelievable Like because he couldn't get to the top of the Gatorade cooler. So he would f- fill it. He would hand it to his brother. Yep. His brother would stack them. Got it. I mean, the imagery would just bring yeah. you know the teamwork. And, and this was on our, on our bench. And what, then, what years was this? This was like... 2012, Got 13, okay. early years. Yep. But Velkamp, Jack, yep. again, on that team, seven years, six years later, I start him. No, I start him senior night, and then I play him in the state championship. Wow. With those guys. Wow. So he went from, you know, being a manager. Imagine what that feels like. To, oh. Oh, my God. State I think he got like five million views on a wow. know, video. And, That's amazing. But just a great, just a great story. So those basketball created a platform yeah. for all those cool stories like Maddie Cools. And- well, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. Just, just you know, this will come out maybe another two or four weeks from now, but talk about Maddie Cools, he, he senior night, right? Yeah, yeah. That, so- was, that was, you know, that was an awesome video. That was great. Yeah, it was tremendous. Maddie's uh, an autistic guy. Yeah. Um, that, when 2018, when we, we won a, a championship, everyone stormed the court. Guys running the locker room with the whole, you know, throw water on the coach and all that. And as I was going in, this guy, Ed Newman, who I got to know a little, stopped me. And his son, Matty, was with him. So I, I chatted him up for a second. And then it just, it just, something just hit me. I'm like, you're coming with me. Yeah. Now, he wasn't part of the program or anything yet. Didn't r- really know him. But I could just see it in his eyes that he wanted to. I took him by the hand. Yep. I went into the tunnel. And then they could see me. You know, the, t- the team could see me coming. They yep. didn't know I had him. Yep. And when I ran in, into the mayhem and everything, he was with me. 
So that's how he, that was his indoctrination. He was a little like, "Wow, what's going on?" That was his indoctrination into Rumson basketball. Unbelievable. From that point forward, now we had a kid on the team named Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Matty Ice. And this guy's name, this kid's name was Matt Newman. And I said, "You know what? You, we already have Matty Ice. I'm naming you Matty Cools because you're a cool dude." Yeah. So that's the, how the name Matty Cools. That's wow. what he's known as. Yeah. Now, no one even knows his last name. I thought his name. last name was Cool. <laughs> I swear to God, I did. Everyone does. So, I did. I did think that. Just a pure spirit. Like, the, like every day is Christmas for yeah. him. He comes in. It's just, it made everyone around him better. And yeah, senior night, we started him. Amazing. We spent a few days setting up a play for him. And, you know, shout out to Coach Devaney at Homedale. They were sort of helping us out with all that. And... He hit a he hit a bucket. Yeah. Senior night, and they stormed the court and got carried. Got carried Amazing. off the court, and yeah, you know, just, just one of those things that you look at, and you know, you see stuff like that on Sports Center and everything, and it's, they're beautiful stories. But when you live it and you see what it meant to the kid yeah. and everyone around them, it's just Coach you'll never Matt. forget it. It's just. It's just life-changing. What I find amazing about you is how important it is for you for these kids to have experiences. Right. And to connect, like, not to say that other coaches don't think or want to do that, but it just seems to me that that's, like, a very important piece for you beyond just the winning of the game. Yeah. The human touch. Yeah. The understanding that there's a life after this. Yes. The understanding of how this can, can help impact other things in their life later on because the experience was so good, even if they won a championship or not. Yeah. The experience was so good, and and you're teaching them how to build teams and and you know build cultures, and and they're gonna always look back on these moments as you know. Listen, when I was in high school, Coach Shepard used to say this, or Coach Shepard used to do this, or this is what happened when 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 we were you know in this other situation. Coach Shepard did all this, and listen, I don't, I've had limited experiences with you, mm -hmm. but what I could tell is even in my conversations, as we began to have deeper, meaningful conversations about the joy that we both have about basketball. I could tell that there was something different. But the thing that stood out to me the most, and I, what I think that I really would like to instill in anybody listening right now, and thank you for, for, for listening to the podcast, is what Coach Shempe just took us through the journey of the importance of really what a culture looks like, how to build a culture. It doesn't show up overnight. It's not something that was given to him. Success leaves clues. And, and in those clues, success is about genuinely changing people's lives for the better. With yeah. integrity, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just amazing, you know, what, what's being developed. And, and if you want to share a little bit about, you know, the team, you know, what's going on this year, you know, where playoffs, I don't know when they even yeah. start, to be honest with yeah. you, um, but what it looks like and, and the journey this year while you were dealing with your daughter, because that's a story too. Right. Right. You're dealing with the news with your daughter. Yeah. The season started. Um, you know, you, you have a, a team who, which I think is one of the funniest things in the world, when the other team is shooting foul shots, the kids on the bench are acting like they're sleeping because it's part of like of the culture that you build. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and because kids sacrifice and they want to be part of a winning program, you do another thing that other people just don't do. Yeah. And you have a team of, of how many kids are on the team? 26. And these kids, <laughs> though, 26, but yeah. these kids had to show up every day in the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. How to no, show up. Whole, like, yeah. there's no, you're not giving out no. free candy here. No. Like, it's the culture. Yeah. You know, and nobody would do that. And yeah. that's what I love about that. I mean, people. I love that. No, I know. I listen, love that. Listen, I, 
on so many levels. Having having gotten to know you and what you know, Rob Gill and everything around him is all about. I watch your enthusiasm and how you've built your culture and how you build your business. And I, I honestly, that's why I'm on this podcast because I'm not a big podcast guy. Nope. You know, I don't. I really have a lot going on, and I'm just like just watching how you've done it, how you treat, how vested you are in your own sons and your own business. That means something to me. Like, so for me to see that, sometimes it reaffirms that like I, there are guys around me yeah. that get it and are doing the right thing and not just saying it. Like when you put the kind of time that you put into your family, that, that's all I need to know. So for me, people will say like, oh, well, you carry 25 guys. That's insanity. Yeah. But the way I look at it is I want guys to know that the way we run our team probably the way guys, some guys run their business. I don't know if another high school does this. My bench sits in order of enthusiasm. No one just sits on that bench. So what we do is we watch the game film, and then we watch the bench on film if we can. Because that way, you've been on a bench guy, and you got to sit there while the coach talks to the eight guys that played, and you're just like half asleep. Uh, I've been that guy. Yeah. So I want everyone to have an experience. So each week we have, we have a pasta party. Then everyone gets up and the council, which is the seniors, top three or two or three seniors. Grab your that, notebooks, grab that, your pens. That, that run the team. They rank the bench based on enthusiasm, selflessness, mm. and attitude. So if you left the gym and there was bottles on the floor, that is what we call noted. If you didn't help your teammate up or you were the last one to get there, noted. Mm. So at the end of the week, when we get together for the pasta party, the teams lines up, the council gets in front and says, all right, Shempy, there's the water cooler, then there's Shempy, then there's Gill, then there's Smith, all the way through the starters. Then each kid must get up, state their name in front of the council, and give a one-minute rebuttal as to why they should or shouldn't be in that position. This teaches them public speaking. Yes, it does. Confidence. Oh, my God. The ability to get up in front of people. The ability to defend themselves. The ability to be creative. The ability to become men. And we've done that every week for 10 years. So at the end of the rebuttals, and this takes an hour and a half, the end of the rebuttals, the council reconvenes. They listen to the rebuttals, and then they re-rank. And then a week later, we repeat the process. So that is basically letting everyone on the team be involved. Sounds like accountability to me. Full accountability. Yeah. There's no hiding from it, and it puts you on front street. And, it like, and that's why other people, how is he carrying 25 guys? Well, every single guy in that program yep. has, has value and cares about it. Yep. Like some of the most important guys I've had in the program never played. Yep. I'm still in touch with them today. I've written college letters from more guys that didn't play basketball in college that did wow. because that's how much they meant to the program, mm. the team, and their other players. So we have a thing we say tradition never graduates. That's one of our most important traditions. We have TNG written on our shirts. Tradition never graduates. It's all about attitude keeping the tradition, and having your brothers back. I mean, we, we talk about the strength of the pack. Well, we live it. Like, yeah. you know, to me, like, we before every game, we hold hands. Look to the brother on your right. Look to the brother on your left. 
and let's bow our heads for 15 seconds and think about how hard we're going to work for our family, for us, for the guys in this room. Like, I get goosebumps just talking about it. Like, I like to take that to my life, you know, to the, that's what I missed. Yeah. Being in that locker room with the guys, like, you know, knowing that we're up, going out to roll together, you know. Surround yourself with those on the same mission. I used to say that to Foy Boy and everybody else. Like, I love the picture of a bunch of tigers in formation on a hunt. Yep. Well, you stray out, that's when the demons come. Yep. But if we're all on that mission together and we're holding hands, heads bowed, ready to rock, there's nothing better. Nothing um, we can't beat. Unbelievable. Thank you for sharing. Wow, that was there was a lot of content there that is uh, business excellence, that is team culture, team success, that is built with integrity, that, like I said at the beginning, is going to create something 50, 100 years from now that you don't even know what the impact's going to be by any one of these kids that you've touched. No yeah. doubt about it. I just wanted to run through that brick wall, just so you know. <laughs> I need you to know that. So, so I, I saw you get a little I was, up. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready to go. That's why I, I want to go, like, just go I'm tackle somebody not, outside. I, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a sneaky Tony Robbins. No, no, you got me. I look, brother, I, I watch, brother. I, I watch, I just never been able to come over the top and, you and just, jump in. I want to jump through that wall right now. <laughs> I, I do it like, I'm, I'm just like losing my mind as we speak about this. But coach, look, that was, that was phenomenal what you just talked about, the council, the process, the water cooler, the, the who sits where, what right. that looks like, the community, that's unbelievable. Like that's just not done. That's not a normal thing. So, so let me ask you this, because mm -hmm. the Ford came on the scene, right? Yeah. Yep. And and the Ford has been a miracle for me. Let yeah. me just start there. Thank you. Got you, buddy. You've done the right thing by your boys, and they are really coming through it. You know, the Ford has been not only a miracle for us, but to see something along those lines where it can help a family like yours and your boys who, you know, may have, you know, like your, like your one son, Robert, who may, didn't, maybe didn't make his high school team for whatever reason to, 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 to bounce back by being at the fort because, you know, you and your wife and we had the ability and the platform to put him back in there at this beautiful place yeah. to watch him overcome. That's tough getting cut. Yeah, it is. It is tough. It just punches you right in the gut. And that's what a lot of kids leave the sport or I leave know. their job or leave or start doing crazy stuff. So to watch that move, yeah. it's simple stuff, like you said, like that will impact life, his yes. life. No doubt about it. And he'll be able to draw on that experience going right. forward. And what, what's been happening, just as a quick sidebar, um, Robert, he did get cut. There was, there was players from, from all different grades, a very good high school situation and and you know we thought he was good enough to make the team he didn't make the team and there was a there was a moment of maybe a week or so of where you know you question certain things and you want to retaliate but but I had a a a um I was fortunate enough to know about the fort and um because of that my son Robert and you know I'm writing this little thing called Rob season right right so when when my son Robert got cut I reached out to to you and right. um i reached out before because we were in the the last part of the the tryout and doug well you guys had been doing your some training there yeah for about two months yep yep and uh doug was training rob you know those last three days of tryouts at night and you know unfortunately he gets cut and he was devastated he was devastated and me and my wife my we wanted to make sure we gave him another outlet so we went to track for two weeks and 
he hated it. You know what I mean? Like it was brutal. And um, I remember (laughs) I reached out. I reached out. Not for everybody. And I asked you for help. Right. Right. And you created a structure for him that, and, and, you know, I'm documenting this whole journey. There's been 35 one-hour workouts, one-on-one with Doug, 22 strength and conditioning workouts, uh, 12 the joint workouts that I was doing beforehand. Right. And uh, Doug and, and you know, the, 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 the league that has created, there was basketball opportunity. There's been not only two scrimmage games, but two other games that he's been able to play right. in, in this area where he was cut. And I'm going to now say that, you know, whoever cut him, thank you, because I think he's better now than had he stayed on that team. It's not a knock on the team. What I'm saying is, you know, once you get in season, um, whatever those practices look like versus the individual skill work that he's been working on, he hasn't played, you know, enough pickup, but that's going to happen. But he's a better player now, I think. I'm pretty confident on that, actually, than he was on December 1st. Yeah, I mean. Skillfully and and confidently and everything else. And that's because of what the Ford is. And, it, and this has taken your DNA at Rumson Fairhaven, and now you're extending it out beyond the high school, beyond the Rumson yeah. community. Correct. That's important here. Oh, for sure. In a place called the Fort Oceanport, which is located, you know, where the military base used to be. Yep. And if you want to share, not only about Rob or anything else that's present yeah. in your head, but what the force is going to be for the community, the fort, and what your vision is there. Because I'm sure three, four, five years when we look back on it, there's going to be a lot of people that know about it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the fort was an old military base. Yep. Uh, that was the West Point Prep Fitness Center. And six years ago, uh, it was brought to my attention. And I had heard so many people in the area say, I'm tired of driving all the way to Neptune or out to Pennsylvania. Or there was nowhere in the area where they could play basketball or have a field they could work out or have a combination of both. And so when we went into we got a group of guys and we went in to buy it. Um, we ended up, that was our idea. You, a place where you could feel you're close enough to home. You could drop your kids there. They could work out. Oh, and by the way, we're attaching a health club. So yeah. while they're working out and getting training, you don't have to go find a Starbucks or whatever. You could pop right there and take a yoga class, lift, you know, get a nutrition class, yep. dance, you know? So it was a sort of a, a one-stop shop vibe that we wanted to do that we felt the area needed. And at the same time, for me personally, I wanted to develop the same culture and the vibe that we had developed in Rumson Fairhaven and just take it, you know, to the entire shore and the entire county. Like you're not going to find purple and black and white at, at the fort. You know, our colors are blue and white and, you know, I'm, I'm Shempy, the guy, you know, the, the guy, the basketball guy at the fort, not, not the Rumson basketball. Yes. But yep. a lot of the things that we do there are, are some of the things that we've developed that have worked in the past, the culture, the vibe. You walk in there, within two seconds, someone, hey, by name, Rob, how's it going? Yeah. You know, one of the things we always did at Rumson at the, the, Chris, the team uh, holiday party is I would, I would make, I don't care if it was 10 degrees or whatever, snowing, my entire 25 guys line the front door outside yep and every parent and fan that walks through there to come in to you know do our preseason party thing gets a standing ovation because how many times in your life Not when you're over are you getting a standing up love that. so it's like those little touches yes like so 
You know, people, I can't believe that. Yeah, that's what we do. It feels good. So it's the same vibe I want yeah. at the fort, and it's given us an opportunity to start building. So we have we have that side of it where people can work out, and it's a beautiful, beautiful. Yes, health facilities club. incredible. Not, not to you know, but the basketball and the and the and the athletic side gives us an opportunity to develop a lot of the same things. And 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 your son Rob actually is a pioneer of. What, we're, what we want to do there. Because I know not everyone makes teams. Yeah. But a lot of those kids shouldn't just throw their basketball dreams and their self-confidence away. So we developed a program uh, that basically takes those guys. Yep. They wear a shirt and tie on game day. Yep. They have a real coach. Yep. They have a real schedule. Absolutely. And every day it's like, all right, I got out of school. I'm going to go do my practice. Yep. I'm going to go do my workout. Yep. I have my backpack. Yep. I feel confident about it. Absolutely. And it, it, it kept me involved. And, and I'll tell you, Coach said that to me, and I listen to everything. He's like, what, what he said, when I, when I reached out to him, he created a map for me. Right. And we jumped in and said yes. Right. And, and, right. and I share this for parents out there. Some kids develop later than others. Um, I was the kid that... You know, I started as a senior. I was in Hudson County. First team all county was Bobby Hurley and Terry DeHair. I was, you know, legit, honorable. Legit. <laughs> I was honorable mention, right? I was right. able to play Division Three basketball uh, for two years before I decided that I wanted to lead the world in intramurals because I decided that partying was more important than basketball right. at that particular point in my time. At, at that sort of what point. I meant in my story, too, but didn't yeah. say it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, you gave my son a lifeline, right? Um, and that is like, that's an incredible thing. And, and and I'll talk with Doug and Doug will be like, yeah, you gotta see his body language now. And he's excited and, and he just, it's rinse and repeat. He knows yeah. every day what he's doing and he's the one. Yes. And he's Habits. the one. Yes. I yes. know you guys talk about that. Absolutely. And he's the one that signed, like we said, all right, listen, if you don't wanna do track, if you, if you want this to be created, you gotta sign a contract. You know what I mean? He hasn't missed one workout. That's amazing. One workout. That's amazing. Even when he was tired. You know yeah. what I mean? Wow. Hasn't missed one. I see him there grinding. It's in, like it's, it's inspiring. Yeah, it's 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 genuinely incredible. And and I say this, listen, for anyone I know for me, you know, we're donating for, for the military. Yep. Right. I want as many people to have the experience at the fort that I'm having. Right. I really do. Um, parents that are out there, kids doesn't. What, there's soccer. There's there's not just basketball. There's no. soccer. There's other opportunities. And I think that um, if if you want your child, boy or girl, to be good in a sport, and there's challenges, maybe because they're not the best at their age right now, that's getting all the attention. There is a structure there. Um, there is a a a continuity with intentionality program that's designed as a rinse and repeat model to help your kids get from here to here just through the consistency nature of what, what coach was just talking about. And he's transferring all that, that work from, um, you know, when he was selling men's accessories to, to <laughs> wall street, to, to coaching the NAIA school to, to, to Rumson Fairhaven. And this is part of the, you know, Rumson Fairhaven is still obviously the, 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 the dogs culture are, dogs are still barking, but yeah, <laughs> but but what's happening is the fort is that next thing, right? Is yeah. the next part of the story. Yes. Yeah. And 
and to create awareness here. Um, by the way, if somebody wants to get in touch with the fort, how would they do it? Just and coach, that's for you over there. How would they actually get in touch with the fort? Yeah, well, it's the fortathleticclub.com. You can hit me directly at shempy s h e m p y at the fortac.com. Uh, you know, it's all personal. Like, yeah. you hit me direct, we'll get you going. I mean, one of the things about the fort that I love and that I wanted to, you know, there's a lot of different sports. It's not just hoops, but we're not focused on putting together the best of the best AAU or the elite team. Like, I want guys that want to be there, girls yep. that want to be there, that want to get confidence, that want to yeah. feel better about themselves, not because they won the trophy at the – because they were on a team. Yeah. And they had people that cared about them. Like, that was a military base. I went in there. I was there looking around, very beginning. A guy from behind me says, can I help you? I turn around. It's a true story. It's like something out of Hoosiers. And from the steps from the shadows is this guy, all looks like a military guy. Yep. Turns out his name was Colonel John Acapinti. He'd been at the fort for 20 years, and he was still the caretaker of the fort. This is after they shut it down? This, yeah, this, was when I was, still... this is when I, yeah, they'd shut it down, but yeah. I was looking at it to buy it. Okay. And I just sort of slipped in through a side door. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this figure comes from behind me. Can I help you? <laughs> and I turn around. It was a military guy. I, after talking to him for 10 minutes, and what a patriot, and what yeah. a everything. I'm like, if we get this thing done, yeah. that's the first guy I'm yeah. bringing in. And that's the first guy you'll see when you walk into the fort. Yeah. We hired him. We, we're, we're tied to the military. We really want to get going with the military. And this is where I, I wanted to announce and talk about how generous, you know, you've been, uh, the Gill family and Epic Wealth, you know. So they are going to donate five full memberships, annual memberships to the Ford Athletic Club for whether it's military, other charities. They got the ball rolling for us where we want to jump in with the community and we want to jump in with the people that really need the fort and the culture and the things that we can bring to them. And what they can bring to us to open our eyes and the inclusiveness and togetherness, you know. And we've shown that whether it's autism mm. or wounded warrior or the vets, mm. these are the people that, that we want to be involved with. We're working with lunch break, yeah. you know, which is a huge, you know, we, we've been working with family promises. Any extra food that we have from our stuff, we're giving right over to them. So really get the ball rolling with you guys. And, you know, not everyone steps up right away. So for... I know you're very successful at what you do here, but the culture that you brought here, you're bringing to us and in the form of these five, basically scholarships yeah. to get people involved is a huge start for us. Yeah. And we want to start that with some military folks that may or may not be able to afford coming to the fort as a member. We want to make them a member. We don't want price to be an issue on any of this stuff for those people. Yeah. And I just wanted to thank you yeah. personally and your family and your firm yeah. for getting the ball rolling for us and stepping up. No one knows it's a startup business. Yeah. We all know that, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. you know, but what that allowed us to do was bounce over that hurdle and that, okay, it's, it's, it's COVID. It's a pandemic. We got to make this the cleanest. We got to make it the, the, you know, with the best airflow. Yeah. It, 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 instead of looking at it as, Oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. We looked at it like this is going to give us the best opportunity to be the, the best athletic facility we can that will yeah. make people comfortable and then right off the bat we get a partner like you and you know we, we think the sky's the limit we've overcome a lot we're ready to bring the culture yep and we, you know people like you as our partners yep. you know I, it's all about helping kids and 
making people feel better about being a part of something. Yep. That's what we're looking to do at the fort. Yeah, and um, what I'm also going to do is extend out to my other partners, people that you don't know yet, that um, will be also making scholarship offers as well. Oh. So that that's, you know, we're in the process of having those conversations um, to be able to kind of create as much awareness as we can, um, you know, to the importance of everything you just described, right? right. Um, but also, like the storytelling behind what this thing really represents. Right. You said you started looking at it six years ago, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And it just opened when? Was it September, October? October? Yeah, so I right. think I came in like three weeks after it opened, but there must have been a journey there from six years ago to oh. when it opened in October. That's that's part of perseverance though. Like that's, oh. like that's what I mean. Like it took six years to open. Some kid's gonna get impacted by this next month because of all that you, you and whoever your partners are. I, I don't know all the names. Yeah. I, I apologize. I don't know. Um, but but I think that like that's another like the, that's another part of it when you take the money out of it. Yeah. Now listen, money's a measurement, but when you take the money out of yeah. it, we're not. We're, and I mean, the listen, impact of it is so powerful. For the business to yes. go. But we know, like, listen, if you're this isn't open like, oh, I'm going to make a fortune at this. This is not. No, you know, that, it's that's not. also not why you coach high school basketball. What what this does, I want to, you know, we, the other guys I'm with at the fort, we want to be able to impact lives, change some, you know, make people feel better about themselves. Like, yeah. this, yeah, we need to make money in order to keep the place open. Sure. But no one's getting rich off this thing. It's a place where I've said, like, I want to spend the next 15, 20 years of my life yep. doing what I love and helping people and feel it, better. And That's it took six doing. years, right? It took six years right. to get it. People, I have shirts that say opening spring of 2018. Wow. I kept them. I, I stopped wearing them. Yeah. yeah, we thought we were going to open, and then we had a contract issue, and then there was some environmental stuff, and then a little thing called the pandemic. Yeah. You know, so we fought for six years to get it open. Yeah. That's why, like, even now when I walk in there and I see the kids in there in the fort shirts and they're playing, like, you know, it's like one of those old commercials. I have, like, a tear yeah. coming down my eye. I have my dog in there, the dude. Yeah, like, you, do. you know. <laughs> And, and, and we had, you know, I, wanted, I, I wanted to bring her today, but <laughs> we, believe it. one of our partners is Delia Hamlet, who led battalions in Afghanistan. Wow. You know, yeah, she, she's great. She's one of our partners. And we want, we're going to do an outreach program that you and I spoke about a little. That's going to be part of the scholarship thing where we're going to, we're going to deal with a lot of the local schools yep. and, you know, to get them involved and whatever teacher Whatever teacher has, you know, shown the most enthusiasm, has voted on by the kids, we're going to give a membership, you know, a scholarship slash membership too, because we all know that like it's teachers, you know, and, and the cops yeah. and the nurses. That's yeah. who we want to focus on for, you know, some of the altruistic and some of the, you know, the things that we're talking about. Where let's reward them. Yeah. Let's bring them in. They're yeah. the ones that are really, when, when it comes down to it, whether they're leading our children or we get, you know, my most recent thing showed me that like it's the you know it's the health and who really when you need someone who's there yeah those are the people yeah. so i want i want to be able to help them and i i'm hoping through the fort and the generosity of folks like you that it's the teachers it's the cops yeah it's the nurses let's get them in yeah. help them the vets let's remember them yeah and use this as a platform to get it going yeah and coach let me ask you this for for um you know all all the great journey today thank you so much no problem what does it look like for you 10 15 years from now what, what do you want it like people are going to talk about coach shempy and white hair yeah <laughs> hair's whiter still still there though it's still that's there. a big deal it's still Listen, there it's still, you don't want to lose the furniture if you for still got the furniture people, yeah 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 i'm now buddy ebsen 
Anyway, so. How do you want to be remembered? That reference alone makes me old. No, I, you know, that's a great question. You know, I, I want to be remembered. Like, I always think about that. Well, like, you know, you probably asked this yourself. Like, how do you remember high school coaches? Like, how do yeah. you remember a guy in your life? Like, I want guys to be sitting around 20 years and 10 years and say, you know what? I love Shempy. Yeah. Man, he really changed my life. Yeah. He, he, underst he understood what I needed. He helped me set me on a course. That was a good man. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why you do what you do every day. That's, that's what I. That's why I do what I do. I mean, I wanna, I wanna take care of my family. But you know, my my own daughters t call my basketball program and and the fort like your other family. Yeah. Like you know, and that to me, that's what it's all about. I want, I want to be, I want to be remembered as a guy that made a difference in their lives. Mm. It's that simple. And you and I. Last thing, I just want to throw this out there. You and I have a common. Um, I've Sean Hogan, who I grew up with in Bayonne. What's yep. up, Sean? Hogan. His son plays for you. Yep. Um, his son has gone through, you know, certain challenges with vision and retinitis pigmentosis. Yep. Uh, one of my partners yep. has that. That's that. There's a connection there that we have yep. with the AFB. I I've contributed, yeah, you know, money sure. over there. And um, if you could tell the story real fast, because I think this really kind of to me, Rob Gill, this is who. If the world could know you, I'd want them to know this story amongst all the other ones. That as he was about to have surgery, he called you, right? And I think yeah. that is he was playing in, um, in tremendous summer league and stuff. Coming to a couple of camps, he was a young kid. He actually reminded me of the Jerry Maguire kid. That was his first nickname. Remember the beast? No fear. Yep. With the glasses and yes. stuff. Cute kid. So that's what I thought of Hoagie at the time. And then I got to understand his story. Yeah. And I think they were in Boston or something for this miracle eye surgery, like you're talking about. Yeah. And I was talking to the parents, and you know, when you're a young kid and there's the local high school coach, you know, it's sort of. So they, yeah, they they hit me up, and I call him in his hospital room yep and we we chatted it up you know you're gonna get through this and you know the, the whole routine and yep. pumped him up a little and the kid had so much courage you know and i vowed to myself and i told the kid you're gonna get through this and you will always be a part of the rumson basketball program i don't care no matter what happens yeah. you are being this program and here we are he's a senior did he have he senior played, night played on senior night yep. introduced him um, he's got, his game is nice. He's got yeah. he can bang threes. Yes, but you know he's tough. I know his dad was a great player. His dad was a his, Sean Hogan was a Bayonne ninth grade and under legend in basketball. Probably averaged <laughs> thirty five a game. Wow, breaking double sometimes triple teams. Well, his son has become a legend in his own right, and you know I couldn't be prouder to have him as part of the program. Yeah, I don't even I doesn't even wear glasses anymore. Yeah. You know, he's out there Amazing. doing his thing. It really came through for him. He's going to go to college and he's a huge part of the program and that was one of the best stories I've ever been involved with. Yeah. So so folks, I mean, you know, for me, when I thank you for sharing coach and I think no that it's about contribution and service, right? Right. You have a great life. But if, if if people were to look at it that doesn't know everything, they'd say, "Well, you know, you have a great life already. You, you have a wife, a beautiful wife with children and you're, you're living the life you want to live, but you're still continually given more. And I think that I always like to share that for, for any kind of business owner, entrepreneur that really wants to truly have impact and, you know, make um, people's lives better right. through, through their service and integrity and, and contribution. Um, there's always a common denominator and the common denominator is selflessness. Um, the common denominator is obviously integrity. What's in the best interest of other people thinking of others first. And, and that's the, that's, I don't know if everybody knows that outside of here. You know what I mean? And I, I would like everybody in this area, Rumson, Fairhaven, Eatontown, 
uh, Colts Neck, uh, you know, all the areas around when it comes to the fort and the presence of the fort, yeah. for them to understand that this is what your kid and you are going to be able to be, attach yourself to understanding what the fort is all about. And it's really, a, a you know, another example of what an increase in base camp looks like for you as far as contribution and service. So I just want to honor you for that. And I want oh. to thank you so much, Coach. Thank you. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me here. Time. I know I, you got a game in I'm, a little while. So. I mean, I know it's a sidebar, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, the whole life I have it. Oh, wow. Sleep we didn't at, even talk about that. Sleep at night guarantee for me. Like I, Did Jack sell it to you? He did. I was, Excellent. I was guardian, and I, and I look back, and I always think to myself, and – and, and 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 Randy Foy as well. I mean, yeah. one of the, I, I'm no longer involved in his business finances and stuff, but that was one of the things he did early. Yep. And I'll never forget where I had Wall Street guys saying to me, "Dude, you're nuts! Like, you could take that money. Guess what? I would have spent that money." Yeah. In my opinion, I know you guys have advanced metrics and LOCs and all that stuff, but like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like for, for, for me personally, I like about that. I know that like. You know, and this is the way a lot of guys think, believe it or not. Yeah. Like it, you know, if it ever went completely south, yeah, you're taken care of and your family is. So yeah. I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that that Jack took you through that process. That's right. And he, he always um, speaks so highly of you. He knows yeah. we're hanging out and you yeah. know, so a couple of North Jersey rough and tumble guys who yeah. did well. Yeah. Proud of you guys. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And and obviously, you know, insurance as as a turbocharger. Right. You know, we use it as a multiplier right. factor where you yeah. get uninterrupted interest uh, to be able to put money into other investment opportunities. By the way, for me, part of my business growth was using the cash value inside my policies to kind of get this up and running. You know, so so now because of the social media, as you yep. know, we have a social media presence and there's a monetization in that space for all the folks that are out there. Um, we use that as a way to kind of create the banking strategy that you just talked about. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah. thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, Take advantage of that dough you have sitting there and let it earn more. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and let it earn in a multiplier way. Correct. Right? So get multiple use of each and every dollar. And by the way, that's what Coach talked about on how he trains his kids, how he goes from player one to player 26, and the way the structure is and, and the multiple uses of emotions. I'll use that as an example here. Culture and how this impacts practice. I'm sure practices must be amazing, Right. I'm sure, like, you know, bus rides must be amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, like, like if you think about all that. If you're not clapping in practice, you're doing push-ups. So, like, if you're, you know, if, if yeah. you're not encouraging or clapping. And Matty Cools runs the practices. He, he has five Jeopardy questions to start each practice. And we do the whole, dun, 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 dun. you know, so it, the whole, it's a whole. If you want to come to a revival, come to a practice. Do you think we'll do the same thing at the <laughs> fort. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Let's go. Do you do? Like, do you create new stuff off of like what you have? Is there like oh, an yeah, elevation? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, you know, with him, it was the it's the Jeopardy questions, and we have like a Spartan tunnel where you have to go through and clap your heart and all this other stuff. So yeah, wow. it's it, it that whole process, whether it's at practice or the fort, like it's always given me like a, mm. another venue or a platform to try my crazy stuff. Stage and a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a walking, talking podcast. I love it. Well, coach, thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate, really appreciate it. it. It means the world to me. And for everybody, just check it out. Once again, we're here hunting human excellence from any industry. We talked about innovation that comes from the outside. Well, you know, you think of a local high school basketball coach. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's the innovation that came from the journey of whether it was Wall Street 
whether it was the land, Cleveland, uh, whether it was down in Florida and being mentored by Roly Massimino, one of the greatest college coaches of all time. It just it's just all present there, mentoring NBA basketball players and taking that mindset and having an impact on all these kids that run through this program. Thank you so much. Awesome time. Let's go, baby. It. See you at the fort. Big game tonight. Yeah, let's get them. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic, Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.